Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less-than-stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes, maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now we enter February 2024, and hopefully those who are changing their habits and their behaviors of 2024 are continuing to hold strong. Uh, this is a solo podcast I'm coming on, and, I, and the theme for today is really selling the problem. And the reason I'm sharing this and I'm highlighting this is because I've, I'm seeing countless times in emails uh, my clients are writing, in emails when we do as a training practice, um, emails I'm receiving, and it's this kind of fake personalization with a real hard left turn into the solution. And so the question is, that might be your solution, but what is the problem they're facing? And when you think about the buyers, the potential buyers, your prospects that you're reaching out to, they are in the unawareness phase. 97% of them are not expecting your email. Their heads are down. They're in the weeds of their own business. So they're not expecting your call. They're not aware of who you are, the products you sell. And to be honest, they, <laughs> they don't care. And the reason is because they don't realize that they have a problem. And there's something called the loss aversion theory. And what it states is people are twice as likely to avoid pain than they are to realize gain. And what this means is people, in essence, would rather not lose $100 than they would gain $100. So if you follow that same formulas, how can we increase risk? We're not manipulating them, but we're highlighting, you know, a potential problem, a potential challenge, a potential new piece of information, regulation, governance that might be coming down the pipeline that could have an impact on their business. And how we know this is we've done some homework. Um, or we, we perhaps have helped others like them. So if you work, say, in the financial sector and you know that there's a new regulation, there's a new governing body that's making changes to the mandate or to something in, in terms of their compliance, they may know about it, but they also may not. And so how can you use that in your outreach? And it's not a scare tactic. It's teaching them something. And I think back to my own business and sometimes people have brought something to my attention. And as a busy business owner, I'm head down in my own business as well. And I can't be eyes and ears on all tech stacks and everything going on. And so when someone brings something worthy to my attention, and again, they're, they're highlighting the risk or they're selling the problem. That's when you feel it. You have this bit of a panic moment. That's like, Oh my God, like they're right. Like I, I could face that. Like I, the, the, the picture they painted is me. It's my business. It's my life. And if left unaddressed, I could perhaps see myself in that same instance in 12, to, in 12 to 18 months, or maybe it's more immediate. And so when you sell the solution and you just provide what you do, and then you go back scratching your head and say, why aren't they responding? Why aren't I getting a, a, you know, a meeting? Why aren't they picking up the, you know, returning my phone call? It's because they don't realize that 
there's a problem associated to this. They don't even realize they have a problem in the first place. And so the recommendation is start with the current state. How can we elicit some emotion, some awareness in what they're doing today? Because they are getting the job done themselves 100%. It could be manual. It could be mom and pop sweeping a broom, using a, a magazine as a dustpan. But that that meets that need right there. So they are still getting it done. And so how can we poke holes in that? How can we shine a light on the way in which they're getting the job done that increases some curiosity, some intrigue, some emotion with them? They're not going to say right away, oh, I want to buy your service. But all you need is a little bit of an opening for them to say something along the lines of, huh, I never thought about it that way. Interesting. Tell me more. Okay, you've just you've you've caused a hesitation or you've piqued their curiosity a little bit. And then that's an invitation to dig a little bit deeper. But when we start in the future state, we are trying to pitch somebody a solution and they don't even acknowledge that they have a problem. And so this is they're in denial. Right. And they're just again or another word is unaware. Ninety seven percent of of folks are in that unawareness phase. And so our job is bring is to bring them from unaware to aware. And how we do that is we can highlight and illuminate some of the challenges around how they're getting the job done today. Okay. So is it manual? Is it timely? Is it costly? Are there changes in regulations? Are there compliance restrictions that are now changing and the way in which they communicate their message, they deal with their clients has changed. Something that we are privy to that we can ask them if they're aware of it. Is this a priority? And all we're doing is we're trying to really be that pattern interrupt to stop them in their tracks or stop them from what they're doing and really scratch their head and say, huh, that's not us right now. But you know what? Kind of that picture they've painted, that is us. And if we don't make some changes or if we don't look into this further, we might find ourselves in that situation and they don't want to do that. And the thing is, what I see is when people sell the problem and say they're having a conversation and they're asking questions and they're painting a picture of risk and you know your your prospect says you know what yeah that 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 is a little bit of us and then they jump into their solution immediately and you know good good you got one point for selling the problem but you sold the problem on the surface and we need to go two and three layers deeper and some of you may listening to this and going Karen I, I get this I've been doing this like from day one but you know there's some people that I'm seeing that have been in sales a long time and they go back to these lazy ways of, of just dropping the solution and it's not working. And it just, what it's doing is it's, you know, it's not helping you achieve your goals, but it's also eroding the profession of sales. And so when we can really get beneath the, the, uh, get to impact. So when they recognize that they have a challenge, so they're, they're, you know, the way in which they're getting the job done today is manual. And you know who you're talking to. So if you're talking to, just say, the director of HR, instead of saying, you know, running these reports manually, I'm sure is an issue for you and it prevents you from doing other things. Well, it, it's an issue, but there's no emotion there. Like, that's easy to go, yeah, you know, it could be better, but it's, it's a nice to have, but it's not a must have. And so how can you go a, a layer deeper and really get to the challenge of it? What this person cannot do and so if you've never done the role of an HR uh, person before, can you go on some Indeed website or anything that really highlights the roles and responsibilities? So instead of saying that's preventing you from doing your job or things, 
can you point out what some of those things are? So to really make it granular and resonate that they like that the HR person reading this says, wow, yeah, they, they kind of get it. Even more specifically, can you go on their company webpage and look at their main metrics, their corporate initiatives that they're being measured on? So then you further align it to the company metrics that are still within the HR portfolio. And all of a sudden, they're thinking, they're speaking my language. Yes, this is, this is going to impact us if we don't make a change. But too often, we stay on the surface. We remotely get a bit of a challenge. They might, you know, be curious. But what happens there is whether they take the call or not, it usually ends in no change. Because when you think about, you know, going through change management, the resources, the time, the investment that someone has to make, the results have to be significant. And so when you can get to impact and you can show them that cost of inactivity, the fact that if they leave this unaddressed, if they continue to run reports in three to six months, this impact is going to have. And, and, and these are the KPIs that are impacted based on your role and the goals that your company has set forth for 2024. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of, of fear, of uncertainty, and they're just thinking, wow, this, this person knows something that I don't, and they're more likely to take a call with you. And when they sit in this um, state of discomfort, and we need to bring them back. It's kind of like, you know, when you've had a, when you're retelling a story, and even if that story happened 10 or 15 years ago, as you're sharing it, you, you still get highly emotional, and it's so many years ago. And so we want to bring them to that state. We want to remind them of the discomfort, of the frustration, of the impact to them, their team. What they can't do as an HR department, more importantly, as an organization, one of those objectives will not be met because of, you know, of this gap here. And so when they're in this frustrated state and they don't like it and they've sat in it for a bit because you've asked them a line of question and you're not putting words in their mouth, you're just asking questions, insightful, thought-provoking questions that you've thought out before you get in the meeting and you're holding space for them and you're letting them speak and you're being silent after each of them. But then you're saying, and you know, tell me a little bit more and you're, you're really letting them talk and get to impact. They want out of this situation because it's uncomfortable. It's like sitting in quicksand and they turn to you because you've obviously shown that you are a trusted advisor, that you do have some insight into what's going on. You've helped others like them and they're going to say, like, what is it you do? Like, can you help us? And so those people who are leading with their value prop and they're pitching right away against and anchoring it against no problem whatsoever, it falls on deaf ears, you get no message, you get ghosted, and you basically tarnish your reputation. But if we, if we highlight this example we've just shared and you, you sell the problem, you get to impact, you get to that emotion, you're painting a, a story and they can see themselves in that current state and they don't like it. Because there's a little bit of guilt there saying, you know what, we want to get out. We, we don't like where this is. And we see, you know, um, if we don't do something about it, what this could mean for us. And so they turn to you. And this is the turning point when the tables are turned and they say, what is it you do? And that is your invitation to, to share your value prop, to share how you helped others. And you, you can go into, you know, a little bit of storytelling, but why you do what you do. And at that point, do you think they're concerned with price or, or any of the other typical objections that normal, um, you know, sales motions go through? No, because they've, you've painted a picture. They're sitting in quicksand. They don't like it. At this point, they're going to pretty much pay anything to get out. So when you can go and sell the problem and get to impact, you're creating urgency. 
or you're aligning to urgency because you're, you're, uh, you're reminding them of all the potential risks. And again, when you're hearing this, you might think, Karen, this is a lot of, you know, fear tactics and scare, scaremongering. It's not that. You're just painting a picture of the potential risks. And so it's no different than when I was buying software and someone said, like, what's the impact of, of not buying this? And I just said, well, and the impact is not, not being able to scale my business. And then driving deeper, what's the emotion to that? What's the revenue impact? All these things, what does that mean, you know, for your goals? And so when you can, it's like the keystone, when you can uh, get that one keystone or that one challenge in isolation and go deep on it, like in my instance, there was no, there's no alternative. I went for it and I, and it was, it's what I needed to do. So I don't look at it as a fear mongering. I look at it. If you know your ICP, if you know your persona, if you've helped others like them and you're bringing to their attention, the risks of not doing something, the risks of staying or, or highlighting the risks of what potentially is coming. I see it as, is if you don't share that you're doing them a disservice, you're not helping them pretty much avoid a land, a landmine. And a client I was talking to yesterday, she said, well, you know, Karen, I just don't want to bother them. And, and then I thought, well, you know what, if you're thinking that what you're sharing is bothering them, then that's the way in which it's going to come across. But I don't think about it that way. I think about the Google review that the clients wrote for me because of me saving them money and time and preventing them from going down um, a real rabbit hole that would have cost them a lot of money by sharing an insight with them and going through change with me. I, I come at it from that lens and that I don't want others going through the same initiative. So I, I'm coming at it from, I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you time and prevent you from going down something that's you don't need to be. Um, but at the same time, it also, it might be 12 to 18 months from now. So it's like, well, what, let's put some mitigation strategies in place. Either way, if it's immediate or not, they've seen you as a partner. They've seen you as someone who's genuinely trying to help. And so what I would just say is if you are writing an email, if you are having um, a phone conversation, if you are pitching to a company, to a VC, we always have to start with that current state and we have to sell the problem. We have to highlight the risk of something not being achieved. And I'm not going to say, um, you know, selling the solution doesn't always work. But when you look back to that loss aversion theory, you know, in my, in my experience, this is what yields the response because um, there's something that goes off in someone's head and there's a bit of FOMO almost thinking, oh my God, like I got to look into this because I am running, I am using this tech stack. I do have a team this size. I am in, in this industry. And if what she's saying is right, <laughs> we're going to be in trouble if we don't do something about it. So this is a short and sweet one, but just a reminder that when you're reaching out to your prospects, know that 97% of them are in the unawareness phase. So also know, keeping that stat in mind, if you're not, you will not get a response on the first one. So just set expectations. It's not going to happen. We have to be um, taking a multi-channel approach. But when we are taking a multi-channel approach, we really do want to be selling the problem, meeting them in their current state and painting that picture where they see themselves in it. And there's that resonance and they're like, yeah, that's me. Or I could see that actually happening to us if we don't do something about it. From there, you know, the likelihood of them reaching out to you, accepting a, a request for a meeting or responding to your email is higher. So instead of just jumping to your pitch and your solution, ask yourself, what 
reverse engineer. Here's the solution. What's the problem? And so when you're rereading, you're proofreading your, your emails and you just see that pitch, ask yourself, what is the problem that this is solving? And then even go, go deeper. What is the impact of this? And do a second, what is the second level impact to this person? Okay. And if you, if you don't know the person, you know, look at their titles of the VP of finance, the VP of HR, VP of sales, you know, how are they measured? Whether we've done their job or not, we can find out some of their responsibilities and we can find out some of their, their core objectives um, that they're, that they're going to be measured on. And so when you know the KPIs and the metrics that they're going to be held accountable for at the end of the year, as the VP of sales, the VP of um, R and D, how can you basically say like highlighting the problem, but your solution is going to help them achieve some of their metrics. So you're making it very hard for them to say no, because it's basically saying, look, you know, once you can acknowledge that you have the problem, we can work together and ultimately I'm going to help you achieve your goals, both company and personal. Okay. And so a lot of times people say, well, Karen, you know, this is their problem. And I'm like, okay, have, have they acknowledged that? Cause I, I know you have, and you have it in your Salesforce and you have it in your HubSpot, but they haven't. So they have to acknowledge that they have a problem or that status quo is no longer acceptable. And when we get that, it, there's a commitment to change. There's some flexibility. Otherwise, we can um, send them every, you know, next step. We can book all these demos and discovery calls and they're not going to come because we're trying to take them on a journey and guide them along a path. <laughs> and in their eyes, they have no problem. They're good. So they need to acknowledge they have a problem. Things aren't perfect. Okay. And then there's movement. Then you can dance with them a little bit. But prior to that, you're going to have, um, you're going to be dancing solo. So take that into your outbound prospecting motions. Um, let us know how it worked. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.